0: from the 573 podcast it's been a while but you know with the given situation it's kind of hard to talk about sports without a lot of stuff going on but there has been some stuff going on as a recent in the news that we're going to talk a little bit about today Uh, there's some stuff in a little talk i had with just jace murphy on a potential podcast hopefully we can get that things sorted out he's having a little bit of trouble on his end getting that fixed out so uh, hopefully that can be coming in the meantime where we talk about uh some stuff that we're going to talk about today with the MLB uh, but a whole lot has happened on the NFL front as a lot of new players are signing uh, contract extensions Derrick Henry Chris Jones Mahomes we're going to talk a little bit about the, that we also talked a little bit about college football and before Really started to trend that way, maybe possibly a spring season. We'll talk a little bit about that, but that's a little bit what we're gonna be talking about on this edition of the show again. Uh, thank you guys for being patient with us. It's been a tough time. We've tried to get our schedules worked out, some of us have gotten new jobs, so we're trying to figure all that out on the side in the midst of a pandemic that we're still going through so we're going to be getting back into the swing of things, hopefully here, with sports coming back, with the MLB coming back next week, with the NBA coming back in about two weeks. I can't believe it's already almost here. So we're getting back into the swing of things. So thank you guys for trying to bear with us. So with that, without further ado, let's get into some housecleaning stuff first. Of course, we're sponsored by Anchor. Thanks, to Anchor, for sponsoring us and for the Entertainment Pod. And speaking of the Entertainment Pod, Uh, Of course, you guys know we've been hammering out a lot of pods on that channel recently we got done with our Captain America Trilogy podcast series a few weeks ago. Me and my good friend Charles Jones, we did a Black Panther podcast, so if you want to go check that out, uh, when this one is over with, go and check that one out. It's a whole lot of fun where we talked about the impact of Black Panther, talked about Killmonger, talked about all the stuff included. With that great film, so be sure to check that one out as soon as we're done over here. But without further ado, let's get on to some sports and let's start over with football. As of course mentioned at the top, we have had a whole lot of new extensions sent out to players here as the deadline for that time period was hit a couple of days ago. Of course, one of the big storylines is Dak Prescott not getting a new deal getting franchise tagged for this year and seeing where things head next season. Of of course the big time contracts uh included have been none other none other than Pat Mahomes breaking the bank for this new contract, getting four hundred seventy seven million out of this deal, potentially getting four five hundred and three million over almost half a billion, which is insane to think about. Half a billion for an athlete, that's an insane to think about. So let's talk about the Mahomes contract and what that means for some of these quarterbacks going forward. Now, one thing that's interesting to keep notice if you see, if you see the numbers, he's like, oh, the Chiefs don't really have enough money to spend for the next several years. This contract, this twelve years. Well, Mahomes deal is he's still on his rookie deal, two years left on that. So the Chiefs are going to be fine there. He, he had Chris Jones' contract coming up; they got that done, getting him four years, eighty-five million. You got Kelsey coming up, Tyron Matthew coming up, Sammy Watkins potentially. You know, you got several other players to think about. But at the end of the day, this is good on Mahomes for getting what he wanted, getting security, that financial security. I believe there's a hundred and forty million-dollar injury guarantee that he, he's going to cash in on that is, he's going to get, and then the rest of that is going to be coming out through the next 12 years of that contract. But I cannot, blame, I cannot blame a player for breaking bank, especially when you consider the time period that we are in now. The salary cap is going to go way down for each of these leagues, for MLB, for the NBA, for the NFL. The salary cap is going to go way down, so do not be surprised if you see the cap go down. Hopefully, in the near future, there can be a spike, but you know with this pandemic, it's really hit everybody hard. It's hit those leagues hard, so they're going to find out a way to boost that salary cap up. But looking at the Mahomes contract, it's actually it's actually not that bad. And again, the hundred forty million dollar guarantees that he's going to get 141.5 million to be exact and he's going to be making that by March of 2022 and you know good on him for getting that money in, what two years so the so his contract is actually not that bad looking at it Justin like Jefferson talked about the guarantees a while back and said the guarantees are going to they're going to be decided in the team friendly structure. Uh, they're going to be rolling, and they control his rights beyond a decade for you know 141 million. And Russell Wilson, he only got 107 million dollars in injury guarantees on a short term extension. So Mahomes did awesome here. Looking forward, goes in further and talks about Mahomes gets 142 by March 2022. Has a $34 million roster bonus at 23, makes 180 by March of t- 2023, and $222 million by March of 2025. But it's selling away his prime in present-day money during a pandemic where Cat soars when new TV and gambling money kicks in. Forget about the whole gambling thing. So that's probably, that's going to help the NFL there in trying to rise that cap back up after the pandemic. And they get it. it, it, it Chiefs get extensive control. <laughs> they get them for twelve years. Low risk too. And they talked about building a dynasty. That's one of the key things that Mahomes and the Chiefs talk about is that they're hoping that they are in the midst of building a dynasty. And who can blame them either? You know, look at what they've done the last two years, two years ago, bursting onto the scene with this explosive offense and this explosive quarterback and last year. You know, coming back after being bounced in the AFC Championship game by the Patriots, coming back and winning the Super Bowl, and they didn't put up a whole lot of points either, but they didn't need to at the same time, and they ended up winning. So you got to feel good about it if you're the Chiefs you now. Yes, you got to be concerned about other quarterbacks. You know, Tom Brady's still out there. You know, he's but he's down in Tampa Bay now. Lamar Jackson came on last year, blew everybody away with that Ravens offense in Baltimore. Still got Sean Watson, you still got Aaron Rodgers, you still got Russell Wilson. You still got a lot of these top flight quarterbacks that are out there. So you you gotta watch out for them. They're still gonna be a factor. But as far as the other quarterbacks, you know, that are getting close to getting extension, Deshaun Watson, uh Lamar, when his time comes up and then, you know, Dak, here's, a, here's the thing with Dak. I think this is actually probably pretty good that he got the franchise tag. He's going to be making, what, close to $30 million uh, on the tag. And considering to where the contract talks were leaning towards with the Cowboys, it's probably safe to say you, you, you take that right now. You get $30 million this year, considering you don't know what Jerry Jones and what those guys down in Dallas are gonna offer you next and plus with this whole pandemic, money situation, cap space, how do you place you know pay some of the players with Dallas, some of the big time players, and so you gotta be worried about that. I actually think this is a good thing for Dak is that he, he's getting that money right now instead of not maybe having to be low balled here later. And so good good on him. For sticking to what he wants, I I don't think he's worth thirty to forty million a year. I don't think he's that type of quarterback. But I won't fault nobody for wanting to get paid, especially when you're a quarterback, especially when you're a mid to low round pick like Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott coming his way through the ranks and proving that he belonged and just outshining a whole lot of other quarterbacks. And these last three or four years. And with Deshaun Watson, he he's good. But there's still concerns, you know, with the Texans and, you know, them trying to struggle their way through to get actually do something in the postseason when they get there. You know, they trade DeAndre Hopkins. Is Bill O'Brien competent? You know, there's a whole lot of questions going down there in Houston. And with Lamar, I think here's the thing. Let's wait and see how he is this next season. See if he can carry that over. This one season was great, but the one thing Mahomes did this past year is stay consistent. He didn't throw fifty touchdowns this past year, but he was still consistently explosive last year as he was the year before, and it, while still being incredibly awesome and just get, keep on getting better and better. Lamar's going to have to do the same thing. He's going to have to learn to pass the ball a whole lot more. One of the one thing's that watching the Titans and Chiefs games uh, the Titans and Ravens games rather than that postseason game. So of course I'm watching my Titans play a little bit and see how they do, but I'm also watching Lamar. And Lamar's having to pass the ball a whole lot. He passed the ball a whole lot. They could not do anything in the running game. They they had trouble. Time to prepare for it. And one thing that I think Lamar really needs to hit on to in his neck the next stage of development is that passing ability, becoming a lethal passer as he is a lethal runner. If he can get those two mixed together, then we can be in for something special with him going forward as, yes, he had an awesome season last year, but if he can build off of that, become even better, become an even better quarterback, decision-maker, passer, then he's going to elevate his game to the next level. So the more, I I think you just wait and see see how he does his second full year as a starter. And then you make a decision from there, like, all right, where are we going to pay this dude? And I don't think these guys are going to get paid nearly as much as Mahomes. It's really hard to gauge what these guys are going to get. Because, again, the Mahomes contract, while it is helpful for the Chiefs and helpful for him, it is insane. It's crazy to think about that. There's an athlete out there that by the end of 12 years is going to possibly have earned over half a billion dollars and getting 140 million, 141 million of that guaranteed within two years or less. You know, It's really insane to think about. But as far as the extensions go, the Derek Henry extension, of course, I'm going to talk about that because that is. Concerned about me now. Of course, there was some idea that the times and him weren't going to hammer out an extension by the time the deadline rolled around. That was con- that was talked about the day before. Then the deal happens. I get it. I'm working on my car. I get a text from my friend Grant. It's like, hey, what do you think of that new deal? I'm like, what new deal? And then I saw the got done deal done with Henry. i was like. Really, I thought they were going, I thought they weren't going to get anything done, so I'm glad they got a deal done and they got it figured out. So let's talk about this deal and compared to the other running backs around the league that've gotten new deals recently. So the deal Henry gets four years, 50 million, 25 million of that guaranteed uh, with an average of 12.5 per million per year. And comparing that to McCaffrey and Zeke's deals, where they're getting around $15-16 that million, that is not bad for the Titans. And there's a couple of points I like to bring up here. It's the same amount of time as the Tenhill deal, so you're marrying that contract with the Tenhill contract for the next four years. Two, there's the option that the Titans can still go after Clowney, and that's been a big thing. In this off season, where's David Clowney? gonna gonna go. He's still out there on the market. You know who's gonna? The Seahawks gonna budge? Or the Titans gonna budge? Or is there a mystery team out there that's gonna go and take a chance on bringing him in? So you don't know. And that's one of the things Henry said with this contract is that there's enough available space for them to go out there, maybe add a player like a Clowney with this year or the next. Well, the Henry contract, looking at some tweets talking about it, says that the, the four year deal is the reason why it says it's just because they would need to load the last two years without breaking the bank in those years to give cap relief for this year and the next, which would help the Clowney push. And if you see John Robinson, he's talked about Clowney here. He said he may or may not have talked to his camp within the last week or so. And we all know if Percy says he may or may not. It's definitely, uh, they may have, they did talk to them within the last week. So that's definitely still on the cards there. They bring Clowning in and Henry Contract only helps them. And I brought this point up and I saw this tweet last night and it made me so happy because I was actually on to something. I believe I got it right. I saw Con Cowherd talking about the Henry Contract and Somebody brought up the point, like, how will it talk about, you know, look at the mileage there. Henry's got. Well, somebody quoted that and it was like, well, actually, when you look at it, Henry doesn't have a whole lot of mileage. And that's what I brought up to Graham when we were discussing this. And I was thinking about it. And here's exactly what I said to him. He never really got a lot of carries until his last year at Bama. Now, I went and looked at this his sophomore year. He got, I believe, around 172 with about you know, 990 yards, if I'm trying to put the exact number on 990, I believe, is the number. But in his, his freshman year, of course, he doesn't get a whole lot of carries. I believe it's like 20-something, 23 or 35. Somewhere around there. Not a whole lot. I'm looking at Alabama depth chart. They had T.J. Yeldon, Kenyon Drake, Dee Hart, Camaro was on there at, at the time. Had a whole lot of running backs on that Alabama roster. You know, that's one thing with Bama. They churn out running backs all the time. And they had an awesome stable run backs at that point in 2013 with Henry's freshman year. He goes a sophomore year i off just gained a little bit. Junior year, he becomes the man. The guy in the backfield. The bell cow. Goes off. Wins a Heisman. And goes on to become a second round NFL draft pick. So, You have that one year where he's he's got the ton of carries at Bama. He goes to the Titans. Titans get DeMarco Murray. DeMarco's getting the bulk of the carries, although they are splitting a little bit. DeMarco gets the bulk of the carries, but Henry is getting some. Second year, Henry's carries see an uptick. DeMarco is starting to diminish a little bit, and Henry's being looked at as the guy in the backfield going forward for the Titans for the next few years the third year and uh 2018 he's l- struggling a little bit he talks he, he, i believe like the way, the way this thing went is that he had a mid-season conversation with eddie george who is built similarly as a running back they've talked about some things to try to help help henry get into a mindset like hey you are a beast just go off you're bigger than everybody uh, and he is—he's six-three-two-fifty, as big as some linebackers, even bigger. Considering the way the games played today, and after that he took off, and then last year just really burst onto the scene. Now, of course, the Titans also got Dion Lewis, his third year. He, thing with Dion, with me, with me is that he, when you bring Dion in, you're always concerned. Kind of oh, it's more likely that they're going to pass here, so. Be on the lookout for him and coming out of the backfield. Be on the lookout for potential screens. Now Dion's not that big of a guy, and it's very hard to run him in between the tackles. You know, for a guy of his stature, and so last year, and comes out and just goes ballistic on the NFL, just tearing things up, and so I. Told him in theory. When you look at his career dating back to Bama, he's really only had the bulk of the carries for two or three years dating back to his freshman year at Bama. Now this year, this past season, 2019, 2018, and then really in in what was it, junior year, 2015, were about only two or three years where he truly had the bulk of the carries. And when you talk about a running back in the NFL, of course, what do we, what do everybody always say? The lifespan of a running back is not that long. It's around 30, and that's it. You're done. With the Bama system, it was and with Saban playing multiple running backs, that's something you didn't have to worry about. And then, of course, he his junior year, he gets the bulk of the carries because he's the bell cow back now. And he goes to the NFL, says for a while he gets some carries here and there he comes a man for about 2 years and so when you look at it he hasn't had a, as much carries as you think he has compared to guys like McCaffrey to guys like Zeke and we think about the deal's 4 years he's about 25 26 getting him for this amount i would say it's a really good deal the average is not as much as the other top guys make i believe he's making less than David Johnson still but you look at the deal Titans got him on. Really good deal for him. Good deal for them as well. And he gave him for four years. And when you know the drop-off is around 30, which by that time he's going to have the mileage on him considering the way they used him last year and the way they want to use him going forward, then I think that's a pretty good deal. And also, I stress to Grant that it was really, it was very stressful that the Titans get an RB2 in this offseason, whether through agency or the draft. They got him in Darrington Evans. I really like him. He's kind of like a Kareem Hunt type of back coming out of college in the sense that he never fumbled the ball in college, uh, which is probably going to end up mean he's going to end up fumbling whenever he, his first game in the NFL. That That's exactly the same thing Kareem Hunt did. But I think the Henry deal is outstanding for him. I'm glad he got paid. I'm glad he's staying in Tennessee for four more years, along with Tannehill, to try to figure this thing out after getting so close last season and trying to see if they can bounce back and try to find a way to get back there and even achieve that goal of winning the AFC championship and getting to the Super Bowl somehow. So we'll see. And this deal only helps them the next two years and trying to go after a player like a Clowney or if somebody else out, is out there that they really like that feel that can impact their team. Then they can go out and get him. But I really like this deal for Henry. I'm glad for the Tides that they kept him around for four more years. I'm really glad for Henry that he's gotten paid big time money. And even though it's still on a cheaper deal as compared to the other running backs in the, the league, but I'm just happy he's still a Tennessee Tide and happy he's gotten paid. As running backs go, you know, again, they don't have a whole lot of time in the NFL not a long shelf life like like the quarterbacks. So you got to get your money where you can, and he got it here. So I'm happy for him, and I'm happy he's a Titan for the next four years. Same with football. Let's talk about college for a second. Now, of course, the big thing here is it's getting near that time for college football and NFL, to be exact. We're getting really close. And, you know, it's hard to believe that we're already here in July, when it seemed like we were talking about this in like March, or April, like yeah, they got a lot of time to figure this out. Well, it's three to four months later. Things are not looking positive as far as the COVID out- pandemic is concerned right now. In fact, it's probably maybe gotten even a little bit worse. Where you got people debating, you know, the whole you no, know, screw the wearing the mask things. It's not helpful, and you know. Just an uptake in cases in certain states like Arizona, California, Texas, and Florida, which that's concerning, you know, with the NBA, the WNBA, the MOS, all down around near Florida. That's that's kind of a scary thought. But we're here. We're now three or four months later, and nothing is figured out for sure yet. The NFL is still trying to figure stuff out. Get some teams starting training camps here pretty soon. And so you, you're worried about that. I believe the Texans and the Chiefs are two of the first teams that get their training camp started. And so now we're around this time period where you've got to start to figure out what are you going to do for the NFL season? What are you going to do for college football season? And you've already started to see stuff happen for college football. You saw the Ivy League, which basically sparked off the whole cancel the conference tournament stuff. Which end up leading to the NCAA saying we're not having March Madness this year. The Ivy League got that and kicked off. Well, and they they probably got this kicked off again of saying we're not having fall sports, or potentially looking at moving some of this stuff in the spring to see if it works, and seeing where we're at with this coronavirus. You know, months later, we're seeing the Big Ten talking about conference only games. They have made their decision. The ACC, I believe, is heading towards that direction. Big 12, maybe. SEC is is talking about Greg Sankey's a little bit more concerned now than he was weeks prior as to college football happening. And you gotta be concerned about whether that's gonna happen and whether a fall season is gonna happen for sure. And me and Jason, one of the things we talked about was a... well we talked about a couple things here is talked about this for the general five schools. The non power five schools. I won't unlike add Notre Dame here is a bit of a pickle because if you know Notre Dame, they are not affiliated with any conference. They are independent. And so with all this happening now, they're really in a tough spot concerning they have games over in California with Stanford with UC this coming year and a lot of their games all their games are at a conference, essentially. Uh, they schedule these teams as, you know, non-conference games to those other teams. So that's going to be a concern, is who's going to play and who isn't, or you're going to have to find somebody else to replace them. And so now we're at this point where we're actually talking about, are we going to have to delay this thing in the fall? If things don't get better. You know, if the spike... And the COVID cases doesn't go down in some of these key states like Texas, like of Florida, that do house SEC teams, that do house Big 12 teams and all these other teams in other conferences. But with the general five schools, one thing that me and Jace talked about, and we have kind of always felt that like this is going to probably happen with, you know, teams losing money, no March Madness, no spring sports and all that good stuff. Is losing money. It's gonna hurt them. You, I know they're not general five, but you see Stanford. They've already cut eleven sports out. A lot of them are probably Olympic level, but the biggest one was probably volleyball, men's volleyball, which they won a whole lot of turn a whole lot of championships for. So that's a big that's a big hit. Them coming out eleven now for the general five schools. This is huge, especially for some of those big. Out of conference games that they schedule, like an FCS team that maybe scheduled, or maybe they got to deal with Bama. And Bama's paying them what, two, three million to come and play them, get the crap beat out of them. It's still good, but that money goes to help towards their program, to their athletic department. And so now, you're looking at college football, and these games might not happen, and you might have the general five schools losing some of that money that they were going to end up making and playing some of these big games with out-of-conference teams. So now they're in a world of hurt. Yeah. And with no-fall sports, it's only going to hurt them more. It's going to hurt the Power 5 teams as well. But it's not going to have as much or as big of an impact as it is on these general five schools. It's going to impact them more. It's going to impact them longer as well try and trying to recover from this it's going some may not even recover from this because of how big having sports was not having them and potentially not having any false sports, including football the money maker right there that's going to only hurt and it might hurt them for the foreseeable future which you don't want to see me and Jay talked a little bit about, you know, Arkansas State side of things and them having big games. I believe they had a big game between Michigan. So they're probably not going to get that money. And so that hurts for Arkansas State because they were going to get a whole lot of money from Michigan to, to play them. So now they're not going to get that. And a lot of general five teams are in that same position that Arkansas State's in. And so it's not a good outlook for some of those things. But as far as the college football season happening, I think it's happening. I just don't know when. I just don't know when. Whether it's going to be a version of it in the fall. I don't know what it'll look like. But whether it's a a version of fall college football or whether it's spring college football. I don't know. Here's the thing with spring football. How are you going to manage that? Are you going to have other fall sports in there too? Are you going to have spring sports in there? Is college basketball going to be happening during that same time? What are you going to do? So there's a whole lot of things unknown here that they've had months to try to figure out. And they still have no idea of what to do, in part because, you know, the whole COVID thing ha- has been crazy and trying to keep track of what's happening, what are the numbers, how close are we are to vaccine, where are we on that front, you know, a whole lot of unknowns, a whole lot of uncertainty in trying to figure this stuff out. And with the spring college football season, here's an interesting aspect. What are you going to do about the NFL draft? How are you going to handle prospects like Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, who are draft eligible after this season, where they can go head off to the NFL? How are, how are their eligibilities going to be handled? How are a lot of people that were going to go to the NFL, or a lot of people that came back for this season, decided to skip the NFL, I'm like, I'm to improve my stock, How's that situation going to be handled? Is there going to be a draft in April? Is the draft going to be pushed back? The NCAA and the NFL are going to have to work that out and try to see if there's a solution to figuring if there's going to be a draft, what are they going to do about the prospects' eligibilities and all that stuff. So there's a whole lot of uncertainty with college football. I do think we're going to get a version of it, but I don't know what it's going to look like I don't know when it's going to happen. I think it's happening. But you don't know when. You don't know how. And you don't know if. There's a whole lot of unknowns. A whole lot of what ifs. You know, what if this happens? What if that happens? A whole, of un- a whole lot of unknowns. But I do think we're going to get one back. You just might not expect it in the way you think you expect to see it. So hopefully we get it back. I'm optimistic. I've been optimistic about sports coming back in this time period when things have oftentimes not looked as optimistic. But I think we're in a period now where I think we will see college football come back, but we just don't know the capacity. Still, two whole, still a whole lot of unknowns you know, with COVID, with the spikes, and trying to find a vaccine. There was good news about on the vaccine front about them, you know, heading towards testing, towards trials. So hopefully that's a good sign going forward. But, again, still a whole lot of unknowns. We're still trying to figure this thing out. And uh, I don't know, the whole thing about masks has been a big thing. And I know a whole lot of people I've seen on Twitter talk about the South. like, the South has screwed this over. They're not wearing masks. They don't care. I do think if you say, hey, to the South, all the SEC schools, <laughs> that really care about college football and love it to death. It's their passion. It's like, hey, if you don't wear a mask, you might not get college football. I I think they change their tune pretty quickly, you know, because they love their college football down in the deep south, down in Georgia, Alabama, Florida. They love it. You know, it, they are football states. They want to see it back as much as we do. So if you tell them, hey, we're not going to have college football this year, because a lot of people aren't wearing masks. Like, okay, <laughs> we want our college football. Just change that up really quickly. They'll change their minds. But uh, hopefully we'll get college football uh, on the NFL front. Who knows? You know, Who knows what the NFL's planning? They're still trying to figure theirs out as well. But I guess we'll see. I guess we'll all see in the next few days in the coming weeks what a lot of these people on high, uh, the higher-ups Decide to do, and so yeah. So let's move on to something a little more cheerful. This is getting a little bleak there at the end. Let's talk a little bit about baseball. That's something me and Jace also talked about with baseball. Of course, we're getting back here within the next month, or within not in the next month, within the next week rather. It's getting close. Sixty games for this season for every team. You have had a lot of players opt out. I believe Anthony Rizzo said to expect some more, but there are already some big names that opt out: Mike League from the Diamondbacks, Felix Hernandez, Nick Marcakis has opt out. Freddie Freeman's got COVID, so that's concern for the Braves. The White Sox: Michael Kopak, Rockies: Ian Desmond, David Price for the Dodgers. That's a that's a big loss for them. Jordan Hicks for the for the hometown Cardinals here. They're losing him after you know. He had an awesome season last year. He's, already, he's recovered from Tommy's John surgery. He had, last year in June, he has type 1 diabetes. That's high risk. And so, I don't blame him at all for sending out Buster Posey for the Giants. Joe Ross, Ryan Zimmerman, Wellington Castillo from the Nationals. For the World Champion Nationals, still feels like Nationals have had a long title rain as well as the Toronto Raptors. I think those are soon going to be going away pretty quickly, but hey, they've had a longer reign than most. But with baseball, we talked about one thing here is the pitching. That's going to be an interesting thing to keep an eye on because you're always worried about pitchers and their innings and how many innings they're racking up in a season, a season of 162 games. You cut that down by 102 games. And it's really interesting to see how teams, managers are going to manage some of their top five pitchers, like a Scherzer, like a Strasburg for the Nationals, and whether they trot them out three or four days after them making their last start, the, you know what they do with the bullpen, with relievers. In that regard, I know there's been a whole thing with baseball and bring relievers a little bit early. I believe <laughs> we talked about that like Tampa Bay did it a whole lot last year and it, they had a pretty good season, but that's one aspect that's gonna be interesting to see how this how plays this plays out in the sixty game season. And also see how the Universal age TH works out. I <laughs> know I think I think Matt, if I'm thinking correctly, has been like as much as, you know, as much as we love seeing big guys like Bartolo Colon go yard, getting a DH is probably the best way to go. I believe is what his thinking is, is, you know, who wants to see pitchers hit? And I I agree where he's coming from. It's just, you know, National Pierce is like, no, nah, it's going to ruin the game and all this stuff. I think it's a little, a little bit fun just to see how it works for a time period. See if it translates into something that maybe they can bring on permanently going forward. One big thing that's happening is their collective bargaining agreement's almost run out. And one thing me and Jace talked about was this relationship that's even more so damaged now between the Players Association and with baseball. Is that with this huge disagreement that they've had over the last several months... Spanning out the way that it did, it's really going to hurt both sides negotiating for a new CBA, as you already have both sides hostile towards each other. Like, no, we don't like what you're proposing. No, you're, what you're proposing is not what we want, and all that stuff. I mean, we talked about how the uh, the NBA you don't have to worry about that. Although, but the sole thing about putting a saying about on the back of your jersey and the NBA not. Insulting any players is a little bit yeah, not too good on them. They probably should get and talk to some NBA players. I know that's a thing that they're good at working with the NBA players. Talking about them It's like, hey, what should we do? What what do you want to do? But they didn't do it this time, so it's a little bit it makes you wonder a little bit what's going on there. But their relationship in the NBA is a whole lot better than it is in the MLB, especially right now, and that's only going to hurt with CBA negotiations. So. We'll have to see if the Universal DH sticks. And with the 60-game season, I re- there's one thing that I'm excited for with baseball that it is that teams are going to to get off to fast starts. Teams cannot lollygag because there's only 60 games. There's a sense of urgency here. It's like, hey, if something's going wrong, we need to figure this out now. Like, we do not have... 162 games to figure this out. We got 60. We got 60 games to figure this out. And that's going to be the one part that's going to be fun to watch with the MLB is to see teams play with a sense of urgency. How does, you know, didn't big-time teams like the Dodgers, Yankees respond to this sense of urgency? And if you look back at last season, a lot of teams threw 60 games. There's a couple of mine. I think the Nationals and the Cardinals. Through 60 games, their record was not good. In the end, those two teams met in the NLCS. If you have a six-game season last year, they don't even make the playoffs, probably. They don't even be in the NLCS. That doesn't even happen. You're not even worried about it. And so now you have this sense of urgency with these teams, with these players. And some of these teams are losing big-time players. Like the Dodgers, they're losing price. But the Dodgers, I mean, they're loaded. They're gonna, I think they're going to be fine you're going you're gonna to have a sense of urgency that's going to be really fun to see with players, managers, trying to pull out all the stops and make sure that they get their spot in the postseason later in September. So that's going to be a fun aspect to watch. As far as the full baseball preview for you guys, I don't know how much I can do. Matt has got a new job recently. Peter's working a whole lot as well, so... We might just not have a baseball preview this year, anyway. It was already going to be tough to begin with, and you know, not knowing there's going to be a season when a season was going to happen, or whether the MLB and the Players Association were continuing to go at each other's throats, you know. <laughs> so, for for the meantime, we're probably not we're probably not going to do a baseball previews again. It's starting next week. at six at six games, but. As far as some of the thoughts on this season, I really think this season could be a fun watch for baseball. It's just, again, they missed their opportunity to really captivate the sports world in which we didn't have sports at the moment when the NBA was not happening, the MLS was not happening, golf for a time, you didn't there weren't a whole lot of tournaments being played. They had their opportunity and they missed it, but I still think that this could be a fun watch to see a lot of teams play with a sense of urgency a lot of players play with a sense of urgency and trying to figure things out in a sixty game season and try to get into the playoffs. I think that playoff for, I think the playoff race is gonna be fun to watch because of that sense of urgency because are trying to fight and fight each every day to try to get into the playoffs against twenty nine other teams or against thirty other teams yeah that's gonna be fun. The watch as as guy who maybe is not as into baseball as Peter Mator, but I, th- I think it's going to be fun to watch. So I guess that's where I'm going to leave it off with this views pod, guys. It's great to be back. Hopefully we can get back into the swing of things, talk a little baseball, talk a little NBA as things are ramping back up on both those fronts. You also got WNBA coming back here soon. The MOS tournament, the World Cup style tournament is happening already. So, we're getting sports back in some version or another. So, fingers crossed, same thing can happen with college football, with the NFL as well in the near future. We're just going to take this thing each uh, day by day, guys. Look at it each and every day, see what happens, see what happens with COVID, see if. There's a downward trend with that in the next few weeks. And fingers crossed, everybody. So hopefully you guys are staying safe out there. So take care, everybody. We'll talk to you guys next time. Again, thanks to Anchor for sponsoring. Go check out the Entertainment Pod. Go check out the Black Panther Pod. And I'm Ryan McDaniel. Thank you guys for listening. Talk to you guys next time.